welcome to the official St. Patrick's College podcast as we begin our journey into discovering some of the all-time great stories from one of Ballarat's most famous institutions. I am Paul Nolan, the Director of Community Development at St. Patrick's, and I'm excited that you are joining us in this third episode as we take the opportunity to introduce someone who is certain to have a big impact on the college in the coming years. Stephen O'Connor is a former Deputy Principal of the College who will return at the start of 2021 as our new Principal, replacing John Crowley, who departed earlier this year, and following on from Acting Principal Stephen Hill, who has led the College since February. Due to COVID-19 restrictions and border closures, Stephen O'Connor has been unable to visit the College since his appointment, as he is currently based in Sydney. However, we thought it important to find a way to introduce him to our community at this time and welcome him now as we start our journey towards getting to know him a bit better. So Stephen, thank you for joining us. My understanding is you're in your car and driving on the highway on your way to Ballarat a few months ago when it was announced that the New South Wales-Victoria border was about to close. Hello, Paul. It's great to be here. And yes, you're absolutely right. I was in the, in the vehicle and we were heading south on the Hume Highway. Thankfully, we didn't get too far down the road. Well, I think we got to just past Goulburn, so only about two and a half hours down the road. And we were very disappointed to hear that um, the decision was taken to close the borders and to put in place restrictions about people travelling in and out of Victoria and New South Wales. So um, reluctantly and very sadly, we turned around and headed back home, and uh, we were very much looking forward to getting down to Ballarat and, and meeting up with some people from the uh, the college community and the broader community, but we know that that'll uh, happen all in good time. Now, you will arrive at St Patrick's College as someone already with a strong connection to the college, having spent two years here in the mid-2000s in the role as Deputy Headmaster. Tell us about your experience at the college at that time, and what es- what aspects of that time still resonate strongly with you? Yeah, that's right. I was uh, two years there as deputy head. Um, look, I remember most clearly uh, an enormous sense of pride uh, that so many people had in St Pat's, and in particular the boys. Um, there was a genuine appreciation, I think, of, of the, the really significant history of the college um, and the massive contribution that past students um, and staff have made to, to the broader community by their professional roles and, and all sorts of other pursuits. So that sense of community, joy and purpose was really strong, uh, you know, in terms of my experience. It's certainly what I took away from me. And these were certainly some of the reasons why I eagerly applied for the role at the beginning of this year. Um, and on top of that, I, I guess it's important to, to say from the outset that I've always sought a significant leadership role in an all-boys school. Um, I've worked in um, all-boys schools for 18 years out of my 31 years uh, working in education and um, very much looking forward to returning to that all-boys setting at St Pat's from next year. Yeah, that's fantastic. What is it about all-boys school that um, has such an allure for you? I just think uh, the sheer enthusiasm, um, energy, uh, the sense of fun, the sense of joy, um, the the diversity that uh, I think is very much uh, part of a part of a Norway school, and and that very much played out I think in in the really broad range of opportunities that are offered to to the young men at St Pat's. Um, so you know I think all of those um, those elements are things that I I find 
uh, really exciting and rewarding. Um, and of course, you know, I guess on reflection across my career, I feel that I have uh, the greatest impact and, and make the most significant contribution um, in an all-boys setting. Now, outside of St. Pat's, uh, thinking back to your time in Ballarat, what was it about Ballarat that, you know, um, is an attraction to you? What were some of your favourite memories about living in the Goldfield City? Yeah, sure. Well, it's, it's, uh, Ballarat is one of those wonderful regional cities uh, in Australia that certainly, you know, I, I've certainly uh, grown to love um, and have experienced um, uh, a number of them. A, a city like Ballarat has everything that anyone could want, um, I guess less the challenges of, of living in the big smoke. Um, and, you know, I've, I've lived in places like Toowoomba, Albury and Bathurst, and, and they're all very similar, um, you know, have their own unique characteristics, but they're sort, certainly all great places. I love that Ballarat has four distinct seasons. Um, I really uh, just really enjoy that kind of rotation through the different seasons and and the enjoyment of, of a you know a good um, decent summer and then the contrast of of a bracing winter. I really love that kind of uh, roll through the seasons. I love the lake um, and uh, the the wonderful kind of you know centerpiece that that is of, of a place like Ballarat. And I remember with a smile on my face uh, back in 2007 when people were able to pay to walk across the lake um, when it was empty. Um, following, I think, an initiative from student leaders at St Pat's, and it was marketed as a as a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I love that uh, the lake is is such a beautiful um, central part of of Ballarat. Um, I love that it's really easy to get down into Melbourne, uh, and of course, I'm a historian, so I, I love the history of Ballarat um, and how so much of that history uh, is reflected in in different parts of of the city. So I'm really excited about um, returning to, to Ballarat next year. And, of course, you know, the people who live in Ballarat are, are just, uh, you know, fantastic people and I'm very much looking forward to, to reconnecting with um, some old friends and making lots of new friends uh, next year and beyond. Now, you mentioned some of the other towns that you have lived in. Um, so where has your career taken you since you, you left Ballarat um, in, I think it was 2007? Yeah, uh, end of 2008 I left. Oh, yeah, so I left. Uh, St. Pat's and I took up my first principalship in Albury, um, which was at a new school, quite a new and quite a new small school called Trinity College. Um, to say that uh, leading Trinity was a major challenge uh, was a bit of an understatement, but uh, it was something that I really relished and uh, I was there as principal for seven and a half years and really enjoyed leading, I guess, what I would classify as the transformation of Trinity from a school of about 560 students to a school of um, just on 1,200 when I left uh, in 2016. Um, and, you know, the school became um, the best-performing school in the region based on our, our Year 12 results and our NAPLAN results, and I had the joy of overseeing about uh, $21 million worth of capital development. So it was a really significant um, a period of growth um, and achievement for the school, and I was very proud of, of what was achieved during my time as principal there. Um, from there, I moved on to take on the role of headmaster at All Saints College in Bathurst. And All Saints uh, is one of the oldest boarding schools in New South Wales uh, and has a wonderful sense of community, and that, to me, is something that's really important about any school. And by this stage, our son, uh, Patrick, had moved to become a boarding student at St. Ignatius College Review in Sydney. And for us as a family, Bathurst was a lot closer to Sydney than Albury. So that was another 
another reason to to consider the move um, from Albury up into Bathurst. Uh, at the end of 2017, All Saints had to be sold, and it was time for me to move on. Um, I was appointed to my current role, Deputy Principal and Head of Senior School at Santa Sabina College in Strathfield, which is in the inner west of Sydney, um, and I took up this role at the beginning of 2018. Um, Santa is a, a Catholic school in the Dominican tradition um, and has been educating young women since 1894, which I think makes it one year younger than some Pats. Yeah, that, that's correct. So what inspired you then to apply for the position as principal at St Patrick's College when it became available earlier this year? Uh, lots of things, Paul. Um, certainly a, a, a really genuine desire to come back to such a wonderful community and the opportunity and uh, the prospect of contributing uh, to the story of uh, St Pat's um, and to contributing to the community in the senior leadership role was, was very enticing and exciting for me. Um, I feel like I've been preparing for, for this role for my entire life um, and really see it as a lifetime opportunity and a lifetime role. Um, and it's certainly my hope to be Principal of St Patrick's College for a long time um, and to contribute to the community via the role well into the future. Um, and, of course, having had that insight and that experience of St Pat's about 12 years ago, I knew that it was a great community. Um, I knew that it's, it's a grand school with a really proud history uh, and that it's well-placed to continue to strive, you know, to achieve excellence for every boy uh, well into the future. So I'm really excited about the opportunity and I really can't wait to, to get back to Ballarat and get started in the role at the beginning of next year. So what is your dream vision then for the college and, and, and what do you think will be your first priorities when you arrive here at the start of 2021? Yeah, well, look, um, there there's some really big questions and certainly I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that St Pat's really does enjoy uh, a well-earned and terrific reputation across Victoria, um, across the nation and certainly through the, the EREA network um, as, as a fantastic school and as certainly as Ballarat's only single-sex boys' school in, in the Edmund Rice tradition. Um, and, of course, there are very few schools that can boast the number of community leaders uh, in the form of past students who've gone on to, to really important roles and great success in their chosen fields, whether they're um, at a particular profession, whether it's through their sporting career, through vocations um, to the church, um, or via trades. Um, so the contribution that St Pat's has made to the community over its 127-year history is, is really immense. Um, look, I think, Paul, my priority when I arrive will be to get to know as many people in the St. Pat's community as quickly as I can. Um, I'll plan to, to meet with and to walk alongside as many boys as possible as they go about their journeys at the college. That might be in the, uh, the form of dropping in the classrooms, being in the classrooms with them, being on the sidelines of sporting games, uh, watching them performing music and drama ensembles. Uh, or even, you know, of course, working with them in student leadership groups. It's really important for me, uh, you know, to get to know um, the boys um, because that's pretty much what the school exists for, is, is uh, for our young men. And, of course, um, I'll be very keen to meet with every member of staff and to talk with them so I can get to know who they are, what their role is uh, at the college and, and how they contribute to the life and the, and the success of the college. Um and that's that's another really important uh, connection that I'm very keen to to see as one of my important and early priorities. Um, and of course, I look forward to to every opportunity to meet parents 
and, of course, old collegians, that they understand how important uh, these people are to the community, um, that they have such a strong connection to the college, and their contribution uh, to the college is, is really, really important, and, and we want to make sure that we, we value and, and honour that. I think, you know, for me, poor schools are very much um, communities. So, therefore, my greatest priority will be to build connections um, with the St Pat's community and through these be able to lead it with a more authentic um, uh, kind of style and, and a more informed uh, way of, of leadership. Um, so that, they'll, they'll certainly be my priorities um, to really look for opportunities and to maximise those opportunities to build those connections with all of those important people um, and all those important stakeholders in the Toronto community. I was going to ask you how you would define your style of leadership. I think you pr- probably just answered a lot of it. It's based around authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's, I think, always for me, has always been a hard question um, for me to answer. Um, but look, I, I always do try to get to know everyone in a school community. Um, the successful schools, the most successful schools in my experience and in my view, for many reasons, um, are built on the foundation of, of uh, the quality of its relationships, of their relationships. Um, so I always strive to be relational um, and to be collaborative in my leadership style. To, you know, it's important to for a leader to be able to speak the vision, uh, but to speak the vision with authenticity. I think leaders also have to be really good listeners. They have to listen to what's happening and listen to those people um, who who uh, play important roles in the community. So it's important for me to, to set the tone in my school, to articulate clearly and positively uh, its vision and standards and to foster and nurture constructive relationships with everyone um, who contributes and, and who plays a role in the community. So I do see also my role as being based on service leadership. Um, I see myself as being there to serve the students, to serve staff, serve parents, serve the board and, and in the context of some perhaps to, to work alongside and serve EREA. Um, and hopefully, through doing that effectively and uh, authentically, um, leading to continuous improvement for the school. I guess now, while we're on the topic of you know community, I guess and leadership, from afar, you would have taken a keen interest in the college's responses to the Royal Commission into institutional responses to child sexual abuse, and the steps that it has taken towards healing with victims and survivors, including you know, the decision to remove honours previously bestowed upon people historically associated with the college. How have you judged the college's response during this period, and, and what future do you envisage for the college in this area? Look, I, I'm very aware that the college faced significant challenges um, by the Royal Commission. Um, and certainly, um, you know, from a distance, uh, the strong and decisive leadership of, of Mr Crowley as a principal at that time was really significant in leading the uh, the college through all of that. Uh, so, you know, for this, I absolutely acknowledge and thank Mr Crowley um, for his leadership um, and, his, um, you know, his clear position of standing with the victims of abuse. Um, I can only imagine how challenging it was um, for everyone associated with St. With Pat's community. And, you know, I'm very keen to assure everyone in the community from the outset that it's my ambition and intention to to lead the college in that vein, to, to make sure that we are um, being just in our stance and, and there to, to support and to stand beside 
any victim to abuse, um, and but also to um, in the context of uh, you know the the wounds and and the, the challenges uh, to be there to to support the community um, and to to rebuild that sense of uh, pride uh, in the uh, the college community in the future. So at St Patrick's College, we're very proud of our mission, which states that we aim to raise fine boys to the status of great men. So what is your definition of what it means to be a great man? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the mission statement is, is so strong and, and it's such a powerful statement. Um, and it's really stood uh, you know, the test of time, which is terrific. Um, I've always been a great supporter of a genuinely holistic education um, and, and a strong believer that the best schools educate the whole person, body and heart, mind and soul. Um, and St Pat's, I think, certainly has a great history of providing a rich and diverse education along these lines to its boys. Um, and in turn, that certainly helped to shape them as great men. Um, for me, I think there are numerous characteristics of being a great man. In my view, great men are men of character. Um, they have a strong and a genuine sense of compassion. They display courage appropriately. Um, they are creative. Uh, they are also great communicators and, and they are committed to any worthwhile activity or cause. So great men to me have a strong moral compass and certainly I think uh, one which is grounded in the gospel values and in the context of, of St Pat's espoused in the, uh, the touchstones of the Edmund Rice tradition. But it's important to, to make a small but important dis, uh, distinction in this context because I believe that, uh, and I hope, that the young men who graduate from St Patrick's College into the future are not merely, for example, doing social justice, but rather are living a just life. Uh, so that small but significant uh, distinction is really important about the values that they take away with them, the values that help to form them uh, as, um, as values-based great men. Um, and look, over the years, I've been fortunate enough to, to engage with some, some terrific some really innovative uh, professionals and professional learning. Um, and I think, you know, I would encapsulate some of this by saying that I, I, I believe that it's important for schools uh, to make sure that they are future-proofing um, and making students future-ready. Uh, so, for example, the Foundation for Young Australians promotes the importance of young men talking to each other about mental health. And this is vital in a place like St Pat's um, in the formation of young men who hopefully will develop a strong and genuine sense of emotional intelligence. Um, it's also very clear from their research, uh, that is the Foundation for Young Australians, that the skills required for, uh, for the future success of our young men include uh, entrepreneurial skills such as presentation skills, creativity, uh, collaboration, creative thinking and digital literacy. Um, so, you know, it's it's comes back to that, that holistic kind of approach to education. It comes back to, uh, you know, the, the strong um, characteristics of, of being a great man um, and certainly St Pat's has, has a great tradition in that context um, and, and it sits very comfortably with, with my view of, of uh, working with, with the young boys uh, who come to us in Year 7 through the years um, and helping to form them into great young men by the time they leave us. 
So I guess drilling down into that a little bit, who, who would be some of the people that you look up to as exemplars or role models or, or you know, examples of, of great men that we should be aspiring towards? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think there's been some, some great men, um, but also some great women who uh, really helped to, uh, you know, certainly influenced me um, and formed me um, both as a personal, as a person and, and as a professional. Um, so from a personal point of view, without doubt, you know, my parents have been hugely influential and my paternal grandmother, um, and probably, uh, she was probably the most influential person in my, from a personal point of view. Um, and that was because Nan was so balanced. She was so gentle. Um, she was so generous and she was completely non-judgmental about people, um, and always encouraged me, um, as I grew up, and I spent a lot of time with men um, on school holidays and things like that, but it certainly encouraged me to, uh, you know, to look at people's strengths and to look at the, uh, you know, the good points um, and the good aspects of, of their personality and their character rather than to look critically or, or judgmentally um, at people. And that's certainly something I think that um, has helped to shape me as a person. Professionally, um, look, I've been blessed to work alongside uh, and under some great people um, in my career. There's no doubts about that. But I think probably thinking back through, you know, there's been a couple of really strong influences. One would be Father Gregor Kelly, um, who uh, was the headmaster of St. Ignatius College uh, at Riverview in Sydney. Uh, he appointed me to his staff there in 1991 when I was a very young teacher. Um, and, of course, uh, Greg is now um, Bishop O'Kelly uh, in South Australia. Um, and it was from Father O'Kelly that I first heard the phrase, the heart of education is the education of the heart. Um, and this is something that's really stayed with me for many years and still rings true on so many levels. And I think it's reflected in my strong commitment in history to, uh, you know, a genuinely holistic education um, and those, those characteristics of, of being a great man. Um, another really influential person professionally was Mr. Hugh Rose. Um, he was the, uh, the headmaster at Toowoomba Grammar School, um, which is a, a fantastic boys' school in, in southeast Queensland. Um, a little bit older than St. Pat's, I think, uh, from memory, 1874 was when uh, Toowoomba Grammar opened. Um, big boarding school, um, big GPS school up there in, in southeast Queensland. He was uh, a great relational um, leader, and he also great. He also brought a significant element of humility to his leadership. Um, and he took me under his wing and taught me a lot as I served him and the, and, uh, the school as a member of the executive as director of sport and activities at Toowoomba Grammar. So there's been there's been others um, along the way, but certainly uh, from a, a personal and professional point of view, those people stand out in terms of. Uh, significant influences. Now, all in our community have endured a, an incredibly turbulent year, most notably with the disruptions inflicted by the COVID-19 crisis and two periods of lockdown. However, every crisis also presents opportunity. So what opportunities brought about by this extraordinary year do you think St Patrick's College is ideally placed to capitalise upon? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and look, I have to say, Paul, I've, I've really um, watched with um, significant interest and in the impact um, on uh, on Ballarat and, and more broadly, you know, on Victoria of COVID has been 
far more significant um, than what we've experienced up here in New South Wales. And, you know, we certainly had one period of, of remote learning, which lasted about five weeks. Um, and then uh, we, we kind of rolled back into bringing our students back onto campus and, and life has pretty well reverted to, um, you know, normal up here, which uh, which has been terrific for us. Um, but I think the whole experience of 2020, um, and certainly I'd imagine for some Pats as well, um, has provided opportunities for us to be far more creative in our approach, um, to be more innovative um, with uh, how we approach the use of uh, digital literacy and digital devices and IT platforms, and also our pedagogy. Um, you know, I think at the beginning, certainly uh, from from my context here at Santa Sabina, the prospect of, of presenting things via our remote learning platform um, caused great um, concern amongst uh, staff here. Uh, but once we got into the swing of things, we realised that it was, um, you know, it was very achievable and, and, in fact, you could do all sorts of creative things along the way. So I think um, the opportunity to, which was forced upon us, um, you know, to, to think creatively about our uh, use of IT and our approaches in terms of pedagogy is something that uh, we can take away as a positive from, from the experience of 2020. I think uh, also, uh, and I hope, um, a stronger sense and appreciation of resilience. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that that's certainly um, uh, evident in in, uh, in the school community up here at Santa Sabina. And I'm, I'm very confident there would be the same at St. Patrick's as well. So that sense of resilience that, uh, you know, we, we need to learn to manage um, the setbacks and, and the disappointments um, and to remain positive and optimistic about the future. Um, so I think resilience is um, something that we'll take away from this year as well. And of course, uh, contributing to um, the sense of community. Um, again, we, we do experience um, quite often uh, disappointments which, uh, which can really impact on a community, but strong communities like St. Pat's Really have uh, a great skill in terms in terms of turning that around and making that a strength and, and uh, taking away some positive aspects. Um, so I think those elements uh, are things that um, St Patrick's is um, will be able to capitalise on uh, moving into 2021 and beyond. In what is an increasingly secular society, what do you see as the role of a Catholic school? Uh, and one in the Edmund Rice tradition, in leading our young people towards a faith-filled life. Yeah, well, the, the role that um, you know a place like St Pat's is playing in this context is vital. Um, certainly, all the uh, all the evidence suggests um, that the role that a, that a Catholic school um, like St Pat's um, is playing in in providing opportunities for for students to consider. Um, faith formation um, and opportunities to to dive into that um, and to embrace that is really really important. Um, so the connection to church, you know, we certainly conscious that for many students coming to the school like St Pat's is probably their only connection to church, um, and uh, that's that's a reality of the 21st century. Um, that as people who work in the mission of uh, of a Catholic school certainly need to be open to and, and embrace. Um, so those opportunities for faith development really um, highlight the importance of, of religious education 
um, and other opportunities along the way uh, for that faith formation to, to be central, uh, to play important roles and to provide those opportunities for our young men as they make their way through the years at St. Pat's. Um, I think uh, one of the great things about um, EREA um, and the uh, four touchstones um, that uh, that are central to, to the mission of Edmund Education Australia is that it's really an authentic expression of the ministry of, of uh, you know, the church. Um, it's a wonderful platform for, for raising boys into the status of great men, and, and that certainly um, was my impression uh, when I was there as Deputy Headmaster, um, that uh, the, the expression of um, faith formation and the opportunities that surrounded that uh, was, was genuinely uh, accepted and embraced um, by uh, the young men at the school at the time, and and I anticipate and hope that that's uh, the case uh, still at St Pat's at the moment. So, coming into this role, how much contact have you had uh, with you know the likes of Stephen Hill and John Crowley, who uh, have been in the role over the past few years? And you know, what would you like to say about their contributions to the college? Well, look, it's um, it's been an extraordinary year um, in, in so many ways um, uh, for all of us. Um, and I think given the impact um, and the demands of, of COVID-19, uh, the, the contact that I've had um, with Mr Crowley and Mr Hill um, hasn't been that regular and, and, and that's um, been for a number of reasons. And, um, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to uh, making um, more significant contact with them in, in the, uh, the weeks ahead as, as we get towards the end of the school year. Um, being a leader in a school is, is really both very rewarding um, and also very challenging in normal circumstances. Um, but given what St Pat's has been through in the last few years through the Royal Commission, the impact of, of the, begin- the, uh, the events at the beginning of the year down at St Kevin's, and then, of course, you know the impact of COVID-19 on all of us, uh, I absolutely acknowledge both Mr Crowley uh, for his courage during some really trying times um, and his strong leadership uh, in leading the, the community in those times. And also, importantly for Mr Hill, for his generosity in taking up the mantle um, as acting principal, as he has done on a number of occasions in recent years, um, particularly through a really challenging 2020. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the contributions um, of both Mr Crowley and Mr Hill and, and of course, the legacy of uh, these two educational leaders and, and look forward to being able to express that thanks um, to them in person um, when the opportunity uh, comes about. So at the end of a working day or on the weekends, what activities do you engage in to help you relax and to forget about work for a while? Yeah, that's, um, that's another good question too. Look, I, 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 there's a number of things I really enjoy doing. I, I enjoy um, uh, maintaining a, a, a regular exercise routine. Um, so I like um, going cycling. Um, I like walking, and I'm looking forward to um, to doing both of those things around the lake and, and other parts. Um, but I also like swimming too, so you know, getting in and, and doing a couple of cases of uh, laps if I can. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to to um, making sure that that's part of my routine uh, next year. I also love cooking, um, so I love to cook for family and friends. I just find that really relaxing. Um, and the prospect of, of producing a meal that's um, appreciated and uh, is nice to, uh, to eat is something I find really um, rewarding and, and uh, very enjoyable. And, Paul, I also really enjoy listening to music. Um, I've got a real love of music, um, and I love listening to, to music at every opportunity, um, really kind of 
eclectic and broad range of, of uh, artists and, and styles of music that I enjoy. And also, as well as that, I enjoy playing the piano um, when I have the time to do that, and I'll, I'll be bringing my piano down and and looking forward to um, you know to being able to play the piano um, and relax through that. Oh, fantastic. We look forward to hearing it. I guess we can yeah, probably... Yeah, well, <laughs> might be might be debatable, but uh, it is something I enjoy doing and it's very relaxing. Maybe, you know, I might fire a few sort of rapid answer questions at you so we can get to know you a little bit better. So what is your favourite sport? Sure. I'd have to say rugby union because the game they play in heaven. Okay, so which AFL team do you barrack for then? Geelong. And what's your favourite holiday destination? I'd have to say the beach or somewhere in Ireland. Okay. What's your favourite movie? A movie called Shadowlands, which is uh, the true story of C.S. Lewis. Favourite book? To Kill a Mockingbird. Favourite song? Oh, this one's really hard for me to answer, but I have to say Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. It's become very popular in recent times, I think, for some TikTok memes. Uh, Your (laughs) favourite TV show of all time? Again, really difficult to say, but I have to say at the moment, Family Guy. Okay, and what show are you streaming at the moment? Uh, David Attenborough's A Life on Our Planet, really beautifully uh, produced and really interesting. Your favourite meal? Uh, barbecue ribeye steak with potato bake and a really nice salad. Your favourite superhero? Spider-Man. <laughs> you have to choose five people to come to one of your house dinner parties, which I hope you'll cook for. Who gets invited yeah. and why? Yeah, again, really hard. Look, um, oh, Mahatma Gandhi, Barack Obama, John Eel, uh, Jacinda Ardern, and Rosa Parks, all because um, I consider these people to be amazing role models, um, and they were great servant leaders um, in their own right, and contributed so much to their professions, to their communities, and to their nations. Can you tell us your favourite dad joke? (laughs) I can see my children rolling their eyes, going, oh, Dad, do you really have to do this? Yes, you do. Um, Too many to choose, but let me try this one. Did you hear about the Italian chef who died? He passed away. Uh, oh, it's sad <laughs> that I'm laughing at that. Finally, on a more serious note, what message would you like to convey to our students, our staff and our parents about what they should expect when you commence at St Patrick's College in 2021? Look, I want everyone at St Patrick's to know how honoured and excited I am that I've been appointed as principal from 2021. Um, I absolutely appreciate there's been some tough times with the St. Pat's community in recent years. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to taking up the role, getting to know the community and walking with and leading the community well into the future. Um, You know, St. Pat's is a wonderful school with a rich history, um, but it's important that we all remember it's got a really exciting future. Um, I see that it's really well placed in terms of its resources and I'm really excited to hear the news of, of uh, the new capital developments, which will uh, hopefully commence next year, and um, the news of, of capital grant uh, to, to assist uh, in the recent days. So all of those things are really, really important. Um, so, you know, I think that the St. Pat's community will, should expect someone who's going to be very keen to get to know people individually and, and collectively, um, to get to know the community to be there for uh, a long period of time and to really work with the uh, the school, um, you know, to ensure that we continue to achieve 
um, some fantastic outcomes uh, with and for our young men, um, starting in 2021 and, and continuing for many years to come. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Hopefully this medium is, is the first step on that long journey towards uh, our community getting to know you and you getting to know our community. And I'm sure that when you do finally arrive in Victoria after hopefully some of these restrictions are eased, that we can give you a, a fitting welcome. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And I'm very uh, pleased to see in the news feeds in the last 24, 32 hours um, news stories across the age and the City Morning Herald about the, uh, the possibility of, of those border restrictions, particularly into regional Victoria um, and back into New South Wales, um, being lifted hopefully um, as soon as uh, within a week or 10 days. So if that happens, I'd certainly love to get down there before the end of the term. Um, but if not, um, it's our intention to get down there before Christmas. And, and I'll be very, very pleased and delighted uh, you know, to, to uh, see people return from the summer holiday in, in January if I don't get to, to meet people beforehand. Well, terrific, Stephen. Thanks again, and we look forward to catching up soon. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure. We aim to produce two of these each term, and we'll distribute them through the green, white and blue e-newsletter, which is emailed to all old collegians twice a term. If you're not receiving it and want to sign up for it, make sure you get in contact with the college and give us your details. We look forward to seeing you again when the next episode airs. Mm-hmm.